This is a top to uh, you know what we use on stage, but it's very very special because if you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to eleven. Look right across the board, oh. eleven, oh, eleven, and most of eleven, and then amps go up to ten. Exactly. Does that mean it's louder? Is it any louder? Well, it's one louder, isn't it? It's not ten. You see, most most blokes, you know, be playing at ten. You're on ten here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on ten on your guitar. Where can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere. Exactly. What we do is, if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Uh, put it up to eleven. Eleven. Exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make ten louder and make ten be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to eleven. everybody and welcome to the DS Life Podcast episode number 11. We're recording this on Saturday, February 3rd, 2007. And as always, I'm your host Lloyd Hannison, the webmaster of Portable Gaming Revolution. It's pgrevolution.com and it's your source for DS news. <laughs> Joining me on the line is Edgar First. What's happening kids? What's going on out there? How's it going over in sunny LA? Going not bad. To say the least, go not bad at all. Not bad at all. Good. Yeah. How about yourself over there in uh, frosty Canada? It's going good. It's going good. It's going cold, but it's going good. <laughs> nice. So I can't complain. Nice clip so at the have... beginning there, man. I like that. That's one of my favorite movies right there. <laughs> Turning it up to eleven here for episode number eleven. If you guys didn't catch the reference. Yeah, exactly. Most of you kids, I don't know why we keep rep- refer- referencing old stuff. You know, with when we have a very young audience yeah. uh but uh yeah some of you will get it it's good stuff and it's, if you guys don't know what it is tell them what movie that comes from it comes from spinal tap <laughs> what which the- is a great movie about a fictional rock band which became a real rock band and then became a joke rock band so yeah it's good it's stuff a good movie good movie check it out yeah do yourself a favor welcome to the ds live podcast Bringing you the latest news from the DSC. So we don't have any announcements for you guys this week, but uh, let's get into the what are we playing section. What are you playing, Edgar? A little Phoenix Wright. A little, little game I call Phoenix Wright. It's fun. It's still a good time. I actually, uh, I'm glad I'm still trudging through it because I'm still on the third case and I'm on the like the second part of the third case. So I'm getting through, mm-hmm. getting closer to the end. But they introduced this new character. It's a director of, um, he plays a director of, a show on a fictional show on the on the game and the director is the funniest character i've ever seen ever he just uses and actually it kind of ties in very well to this podcast and i'll get into later why but all he uses is like uh 21st century jargon (laughs) and he calls (laughs) and he calls me like because i mean you you play the uh the, the hero in the game uh he calls me a noob constantly and uh, and he and he says Jew J, like instead of you he's Jew G uh, J O O, and it's nice. just, it's the funniest thing when I first and he's a big sweaty Japanese guy with like a weird cap and he's sweating profusely and he's like the the typical stereotypical nerd like comic book nerd nice. type again guys 
anyone in the range of my voice, try to break that stereotype. I mean, it, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Like, it'd be good to have like if we that that stereotype wasn't tied to nerds because you know what, nerd is a, it could be a cool term. It could be mm-hmm. uh, a term just basically describes a person who's into video games, smart, you know, articulate, whatnot. Don't let it be tied to someone who's uncoordinated, kind of stinky and awkward. Don't let that happen. <laughs> um, so. That's all I'm saying. Very nice. Yeah, no, Phoenix Phoenix Wright is, is doing me right, dude, and it's definitely a, a good potty game, and I, I'm digging it. The ga- the storyline is getting better. The characters are, are more endearing now than they have been in the past, so it's fun. What are you playing, Lloyd? Yeah. I'm playing a little title called Hotel Dust. <gasps> Room 215. No. You know the game. You know the game that we uh, that we paused the podcast for last time to say that I could not freaking find it yes. anywhere in town? Yeah. I, I went out right after recording the podcast. We had to do a little shopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found it. Nice. Yeah, so I, I felt kind of like an ass. I'm like, Kara, I, I just uh, bitched for about 10 minutes on the podcast that I couldn't find this game, and there's a stack of five right here. <laughs> nice. And it's a place that I didn't look before, so I guess I should have just looked in one more place, and I would have found my game. Good job, uh, But I have to say, it's awesome, man. Is it a good time? It's a good time. You have to pick it up. You have to play it. Um, it's... Definitely a lot of reading. If you don't like reading, you probably won't like this game. Um, There's a lot of text in this game. But basically, you play this like 70s ex-cop who's become a door-to-door salesman, basically. Uh But you're staying at this mysterious hotel. And... um, and it basically goes from there. You are uh, you're trying to to solve some really crazy mysteries that are happening in this hotel. You meet a lot of really cool people. Um, but basically, the what's cool about the game is you hold it sideways in your hand like it's a book. And even though it's kind of like uh, it's kind of a text based game, it's kind of a hand drawn look. You actually go through the levels by going through a 3d world and that's how you look for clues so you go to a 3d world you might click on a dresser because it looks a little bit weird like maybe a drawer is pulled out Mm -hmm. and then it zooms into a view of inside the dresser and then you could play around with the different items that are in there oh so it's a little it's it's it's, it sounds more interactive and a little bit better thought out than phoenix Wright. like when you're searching for clues and such yeah it's totally interactive it it reminds me a lot of the old adventure games that i used to play on my pc all the time Mm -hmm. and it's a genre that's really not done anymore but it, it is so much fun. I, I'm on. I'm just about to finish the fifth chapter, I believe, mm-hmm. and I think there's ten chapters in the game. So I'm about halfway through, and I I haven't had a lot of time to play it. But when I do play it, I just can't put it down. Like I was basically uh, my I was closing my eyes and almost falling asleep uh, while it was loading the different levels, like going in and out of your room. There's like a five second load time. Mm-hmm. I was like taking naps between the load times and then waking up and playing more because I was exhausted wow. but i want to play the game a lot more and how's the storyline uh, a lot of fun the storyline's awesome it's um it's a japanese game that's been localized here uh, but it's great the localization that they did is just unbelievable really um like basically they're using kind of like slang and stuff that was used in the 70s like when you're talking about money the, the guy talks about scratch so uh. i have some scratch in my pocket like stuff like that yeah stuff that's like kind of hip and cool from the 70s era stuff that you'd see on like old televisions that set in that time and it's kind of weird because usually when you get a localization done so that if you guys don't know what that means don't want to use any jargon uh, we'll get into that later <laughs> we'll to that. but localization is basically when you take a a game from japan and you you turn it into more of a local dialect um, for the u.s so you don't do like a literal translation from J- japanese to english because 
then you get the whole are you all your base or belong to us problem that happened on <laughs> right. some of the old genesis games um but they basically localize it so they make it make sense in the environment that it's going to be taking or being sold in right sometimes um, so they'll the, take like pop references that they have in japan uh that would be like jokes uh pop culture references and jokes and and, and translate them to something that american americans would be able to understand or exactly. sympathize with yeah, totally. And the team that worked on that should be given a, a medal. I mean, they just did an awesome job. And like I said, there's a lot of reading and none of it is boring so far. I mean, you meet a lot of really interesting people, um, which is kind of weird to talk about meeting people in a video game. But you, you actually get to find out some of the backstory. Um, it's kind of like Phoenix Wright in the way where you find out little clues about people mm-hmm. and then you have to press them further to get more information. Um, if you press them too far, certain people will, it'll actually be like a They'll game ending. kill you. Well, it'll be like a game ending situation. Like you piss uh, someone off so bad that you can't beat the game anymore. So it takes you back to the start of that conversation. Like you don't have to reload or anything. Oh, that's kind of It neat. just says, it just says no. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure <laughs> yeah, book yeah, when yeah. you get to the game over. Similar, but it takes you right back to where you were before you, you started down the wrong path of questioning. Oh, okay. So, it's good. I recommend it to everybody. If I mean, this isn't an, an actual review of the game. I'd like to beat it before giving a review, but it's looking like out of 10, it's looking like a high eight, low nine wow. um, kind of score. Like it's something that you never see done in this day and age anymore. Adventure games are kind of just non-existent and it is so much fun. Like, like I said, I can't put this game down. I mean, I could go play my Wii. I could play my 360. I could play my PSP, but I've been playing this text adventure basically on my, on my uh, DS and I've been having a great time doing it. Nice. Nice. So yeah, check it out. If you guys haven't, haven't seen it, uh, definitely go check it out, rent it, borrow it, read it, watch some videos online. Uh, but it's definitely worth the money that it costs for this game. And for those of you that pretty much own every DS game available, here's a, a couple, a few games that you could be buying in the next uh, week or so. Nice. Nice. That was very good. Uh, thanks. We're working on these segues. Trying, trying hard. <laughs> so well, what are you playing uh, Lloyd? I, I don't know. Well, th- speaking of what what we're, we were just speaking of, what have you been playing? <laughs> so I'm, I'm reading Article Three in this uh, Segways for Dummy book that I how I, are you going? Are, are you trudging so through it? Are you getting through it pretty pretty well? I, I'm getting. I'm I'm almost through Chapter One mm-hmm. um, of Forty, so I got a bit of a way to go, mm. but I'm, I'm getting there. The quizzes at the end; those are killer. You oh gotta, are they? yeah, yeah. Well, I I can't wait to get there. Speaking of quizzing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, okay, enough of that. Uh, So release list. There was a couple games that came out last week that I didn't mention because they weren't on any um, basically released release list. So they kind of just showed up in stores. Um, And there's probably a reason why they just showed up in stores. They don't they aren't like the A1 titles that everybody puts a lot of marketing dollars behind. And those are Underground Pool and Fossil League Dino Tournaments. (laughs) Nice. Uh, fossil league dino tournament have you ever been to one of those tournaments no i, I haven't no but no. it's probably a kiddie game just by the name it seems like it's probably in the pokemon vein of of titles but having not uh, seen anything on it i really can't say but uh, if you're interested in fossils or leagues or dinosaurs you might want to take place in this tournament what <laughs> do you even know what it's about i have no clue oh my I, have no clue. God. I just saw the name on a release list and i have no idea what this game is about oh man see i, I thought for, just by the title i was like okay archaeology i guess yeah i guess so i was thinking that it would be kind of like maybe you're digging up fossils but that's like spectrobes the game we talked about last week it has a it has like a 
I don't know, an archaeology section where you're actually digging up uh, bones by scratching on the on the, the touch screen and then want to blow off dust. You actually blow into the microphone. Oh, seems really cool. But I mean, if it's being done in Spectrobes, I don't think Fossil League Dino Tournament is that it's probably based off of an anime or some kids show. Um, oh, but, here's a little description off of IGN. This Japanese-made okay. DS RPG is set in the future filled with dinosaur battles. You slip back in time and you must find and befriend dinosaurs in an effort to become Dinosaur King! <laughs> battles hit dinosaur... Let me do that. Right? I can do it better than you. Dinosaur King! <laughs> wait, wait. I can fix mine in post. Okay, I'm going to try it again. Ready? <laughs> dinosaur king okay. awesome <laughs> yeah. okay placing you in command of one beast as you encounter more beasts your dinosaur atlas grows with new info so it kind of sounds like a pokemon meets jurassic yeah. park yeah yeah should be kind of cool maybe it could be could, could be. be but we have some really good games coming out next week so i don't know if you want to if you want to wait for those, Ooh. maybe pick up Fossil League Dino later. Do tell, um, do tell. What games are coming Well, we out? have three games which I probably want to play. Two that I want to play for sure and one that I'm kind of on the fence. The first one is Diddy Kong Racing. Um, that's a port of the old N64 game where you basically race in cars and planes to get around the levels um, with characters from the uh, the Donkey and Diddy Kong series. Um, then we have Lunar Nights, which is a follow-up to the Boktai series. Um, if you're not familiar, that was the, the, the two Game Boy Advance games that had light sensors mm-hmm. on the cartridge. So it was basically you're fighting vampires. So if you're playing in the day, the vampires would get hurt by the light. But if you're playing at night, a lot more bad creatures would be coming what? out after you. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Oh, wow. um, but this is a follow up. It doesn't actually have a light sensor, um, but it, uh, it has a really uh, developed weather system. So the weather changes in the game and based on what the weather is like um you get different powers or or get different enemies coming after you so it's it's done by konami it's done by the same by some of the same people that work on uh metal gear solid of all games and uh it's a very good game from what i've seen some of the previews so i'm definitely going to want to pick that one up interesting and then we have winning 11 pro soccer 2007 for everybody that likes uh, English football or soccer as it's known in North America. You might want to pick up this title. DS news. All right. So for news this week, uh, we've talked about this way back in the day. I think it was like podcast one or two. Yeah. I don't even remember very early, um, but there's a, a really cool looking game called right over the river. There was a tech demo that was put out and it's basically a, a shooter that looks like, uh, some of the crazy shooters that were coming out um, when the arcade uh, phenomenon was kind of dying down. So the, the games that you see about 4,000 bullets in the air at one time and you're right. expected to uh, dodge around them. Um, but uh, it's changed names. It's no longer Raid of the River. It's called Rotor, R-O-T-R. Right. Um, so it's being developed by Nibris. They're a group that's been um, planning to release a couple uh Wii games, one that's called Sadness, which has uh, it's supposed to be black, all black and white. It's supposed to be kind of scary, gothic horror. Um, so it's it's actually interesting to know that they're actually going to be releasing games because there was stories that came out shortly after uh, Sadness was released that Anibris was actually never going to release a game. They're just developers, but they don't have any publishers. Mm. But it's uh, it's kind of neat to see that uh, the title is actually moving along. And it's going to be an exclusive Nintendo DS title nice. for 
raid over the river well, or we, rotor as it's now well, called. We spoke pretty highly about this back, you know, like Lois said, podcast one. So it, it it's looks ex- amazing. Yeah, it's exciting to see that some progress has been made. Unfortunately, it slipped under my radar and I've almost completely forgot about it up until mm-hmm. now. Um, so, I mean, this is a, a game that I would definitely buy ga- uh, day one. It'd be totally. interesting to see if we could pull up that video and just keep it on hand. So when the final games releases to compare it to, uh, to what the, the demo that we saw. Yeah. And see totally. how much changed. It looked really killer. Um, hopefully the game that ships is even half as good as the video led it to be because then it's still going to be a really good game. Oh yeah. It's going to look fantastic. All right. And once again, as always, we are going to announce that the DS is still kicking butt in Japan. <laughs> I mean, still, <laughs> it's absolutely. Um, it's crazy. I let me. I'm bringing up the numbers now. Do you have the numbers right off the top of your head? Yeah, I do have the numbers. Last week, the DS sold 194,526 DS lights. Jeez, man, what does that it compare sold to? The 82 PSP? DS fats. It did. <laughs> Yeah, 82 DS fats, 194,526 <laughs> DS lights, which is up uh, 67,000 from the last week. Jeez. It's just, uh, can you imagine that? 200,000 DS lights being sold. I saw some images on, I think, a joystick, and they had people like 50 deep waiting in line for a store that announced that they had DS lights. So people are still lining up for the system. That's incredible. And it's been out for, what, a year? That is absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, just to put it in context, the Wii sold eighty three thousand seven hundred fifty four. PSP sold thirty five thousand seven hundred, and uh, the PS three sold nineteen thousand nine hundred and ninety six mm. consoles during that week. So, the DS is uh, selling more than pretty much everything Every else, else added together. That's insane. <laughs> it's crazy. That is absolutely insane. And I, I'm sure that. Uh, have you been seeing much about the P- PS3 being in stock in Japan? How's the, the inventory situation over there? Um, I'm not sure. I saw one image from a, a shop that sells like used games, and they are actually selling a used Xbox 360 for more than a used PS3. What? Yeah. You've got to yeah, so be joking. I wouldn't joke you, Edgar. <laughs> I would never joke you. But it, it's just it's unbelievable. I can't believe that the PS3 is doing as poorly as it is. Um, and that the people that are buying it in Japan primarily are buying it as a cheap Blu-ray player. Yeah. Um, I mean, not to say that everybody is, but that seems to be kind of, uh, kind of what's happening just because you can look at the attach rate and you see that the attach rate is really, really low on the console. That's so insane. I don't know. PS3 has got to pull it together. They got to start releasing some games that people want to play that are going to make people spend 600 dollars us 700 canadian to buy this console to play the games because it is a game player who cares if it can play movies it's a game player exactly that's what that's how how for the most of the part more than marketing dollars are headed towards trying to advertise as a game player mm-hmm. yeah definitely so basically what we're saying is if you want to get a ds Lite, don't go to japan because you're going to be fighting with two hundred thousand <laughs> other people that are trying to pick up one at the same week well, you also you also had, uh, heard that uh, that the DS has sold ten million. I think we announced that on the last podcast in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, and there's actually shortages announced in in the U.S. as well. Uh, Best Buy announced that they're going to have a big shipment coming in of DS Lite, so it's basically going to be the same thing. They want to get people to come in and uh, line up to pick up these systems. It is absolutely because right around insane. Christmas they sold out totally. Oh yeah, 
Oh yeah, you could you could have find a DS. Uh, mm-hmm. Almost, I mean, it's pretty. It's, it was hard finding a DS almost as much as it was hard as finding like um, uh, 360s were a little bit easier to come by, but the DSs, the Wii's, and the PlayStation 3s were just out of stock. Yeah, uh, exactly. All in all, the, there's 35 million DS systems that have been sold worldwide. That's insane. Like I said, I said, I said in the last podcast, we're living in a bizarre world right now where DS and Wii are outselling everything else, which is just no one would have predicted this like a couple years ago mm-hmm. that this would be happening. So it's just it's weird. It shows what changing the mold, um, thinking out of the box and uh, just putting out a system that makes it fun to play games. Who cares what the graphics look like? Graphics are important, but they're not the number one feature. Right. It's whether a game is fun or not. Exactly. Where people are voting with their money and they're basically confirming that fact. Yeah, exactly. And it's I mean, it, it's it's very, very interesting. I mean, you guys are going to actually see a change in the industry entirely, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. Because I, I pretty much, I called it from the beginning, and I'll, I'll keep saying it now. I believe that the Wii will be the number I mean, this is not the Wii podcast, but I still believe that's going to be the number one console sold. I mean, yeah. in this whole life, in this generation. Uh, and the DS is proving that it's going to be a top contender as far as... And, and you can even compare it to other manufacturers. You have to compare it to other Nintendo handhelds because there's no other... No one ever makes... A, besides Nintendo makes decent, decent handhelds. And Sony makes mm-hmm. a great handheld, but they, as far as marketing and, and software, that's another issue altogether. But yeah. um, you really can't compare the DS to a system made by another manufacturer. You can only compare the DS to another system made by Nintendo because that's really... The only people that have sold a, a, a very, very uh, hot-selling portable device. Exactly. No, like I, I'm a huge fan of the PSP. I love the PSP. I do a PSP podcast. But it's just it's it's kind of it's scary to see the DS selling so well um, over top of this handheld system that is just a powerhouse. It's a it's a PS2 in the palm of your hands. Right. And I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's uh, marketing. I don't know if Nintendo didn't sell this product to the people properly or if it's just developers that were trying to put a console-based game on a handheld when the reason why you have a handheld is because you want a handheld experience. You don't want a console experience. Exactly. So I don't know. It's Sony needs to needs to do something. They need to pull the PSP out of their uh, out of the uh, the tailspin that it's currently in. Yeah. And uh, and they have a, a, getting into PSP stuff even though this isn't the PSP podcast. Nintendo or sorry, Sony recently announced that they have screwed up with the the PSP and they're going to do all they can to fix it. Did so, they? They actually said they actually admitted they to actually, this. They actually admitted to it, which is very un-Sony like. So very I don't know. Un-Sony. Maybe there's going to be some big things coming in the in the the future, which maybe will heat up the whole handheld race again and uh, get Nintendo doing some more innovation as well. It'd be nice. I mean, there's so much potential there for those the PS3, the the PS2. Well, not so much the PS2 anymore, but the PS3 and the PSP. There is mm-hmm. so much potential because you could already tell right off the bat that the PSP and the PlayStation Three have that extra layer of connectivity that maybe the DS and the Wii may not have. Yeah, like exactly. the streaming of the movies and the copying over of files from your hard, your PS3 hard drive to the media stick. There's more there that they could work, but it's all about implementing it. The PSP mm-hmm. had has great hardware, um, but it's all about utilizing it. If you don't li- utilize it, what is the point? What is exactly. the point? No, totally. I agree fully, but... Uh, 
we'll, we'll see what happens, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think the DS has safely won this war and we'll see. Maybe, maybe it'll have to take another generation to shake the, shake the, the handheld wars. Or up a little a PSP light. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. A, a different version. Maybe one something with two analog sticks. <laughs> exactly. Maybe a touch screen or something. Touch screen. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that might do it. That might do it. <laughs> maybe a Nintendo um, logo on it. I don't know. Call me crazy. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> Nintendo logo. Yeah, that might that might sell that a few might. consoles actually. <laughs> um, but but I, I guess kind of along the same lines, EA recently uh, has given a, a press press release and they did some interviews and they basically said that they're going to be Nintendo's number two developer. Um, they had really thrown their cards into the whole Sony uh, Sony war and they're realizing that that might have been a mistake. So they're uh, they're saying that uh, we're going to be Nintendo's number two developer behind Nintendo. They're going to be uh, releasing the SimCity DS that is coming out in Japan. They are going to be releasing it stateside, which I am super excited about. I'm a huge SimCity geek. Uh, Playing it on the DS would be great. And they've confirmed that uh, Spore will be released on the on the DS as well. Yeah, they. I I remember. I believe his name was Will Wright. Is that who the creator is? Will Wright mentioned that it was coming to the DS several months ago. I think back at E3, but it was never quite confirmed. Exactly. And EA said, oh, no, 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 no. This is going to be a PC only title. Don't worry about it. Um, they, were, they were quick to like shut everybody up and kind of squash that rumor, even though it's not really a rumor when it comes from the, the one guy that's making it. Yeah. <laughs> or or the, the main developer. Right. Um, but yeah, they've confirmed that Spore will be on the DS. So I'm pretty sure that you're going to get a version of Spore on the Wii as well. Um, just seeing what this game is going to be about and how you're going to be able to play it. So it's kind of neat. Uh, EA is going to be pledging a lot of support for Nintendo now, which is a good thing for us, the gamers. Very good thing. Now this is an interest. The next item that you have is pretty interesting. Tell me more about this. How can I, Lloyd, if, if I were looking for, I don't know, a dictionary to translate one language to another and I wanted a game to come along with it, how would I do that? Funny you should ask that, Edgar. Um, there's a game in Japan called Rakubiki Jitten, and I just totally butchered that. So you feel free to email me and tell me I'm an idiot, but I can't read Japanese that well. And basically what this is, this is a Japanese to English dictionary that you can get for your DS. So you basically pop it in, you type out uh, the the Japanese words you want, and it gives you the translation in English. But if you actually, in this English uh, Japanese English dictionary, you enter the word ball, uh, it'll give you two translations, one being the proper translation, the second one being one that's in gray text. Uh-huh. If you click on it, it actually launches the original Game & Watch title that was called Ball. It was nice. one of the first Game & Watch games that came out. So it's kind of neat, just a, a little... A little uh, just, yeah, a little Easter egg thrown in there for people that uh, that want to check out how to say Ball in in uh in english that's awesome maybe if you're talking about monkey balls maybe, maybe. You want to know how to say how obscure it. though so, i mean when would you ever run into that you would actually have to know when would you look up that's pretty obscure if you ask me <laughs> it's very obscure but it's kind of cool apparently there's a couple other easter eggs in there as well but none as cool as playing an old game and watch game on your nintendo ds well another big developer that used to be on the Sony bandwagon is now announcing quite a few titles for not only the Wii, but also the DS as well. Is that correct? So yeah, Konami is holding their gamers day or they held their gamers day on Friday. It's an annual event where they launch basically a whole whack of games where all the big games that they're going to be launching 
or releasing that year. Um, they invite a whole whack of journalists down. They have all their staff there to man the booths and they show off some really great titles. So they, they, uh, they, they had a whole pile of DS games this year for some reason. And they're all games that are going to be coming out in 2007. Um, some interesting ones, uh, a PSP title <laughs> would basically the first PSP title that was ever announced. Death junior is going to have a game on the DS. It's called death junior and the science fair of doom. Ooh. And basically it's a, it's a death junior game. It's kind of a, an action adventure kind of platformer thing. Um, but it's going to be on the Nintendo DS and it's going to basically be you controlling Death Jr. or Pandora. So similar to if you've played any of the ones on the PSP, I guess. But it's kind of neat to see that title or that uh, that series of games jump console yeah, <laughs> to the DS. Because it was very, very much a PSP game. I mean, you yeah. kind of it was almost a I'm not going to say a mascot, but it was definitely associated with the PSP since it's pretty much the only title it's uh, platform it's been released on it yeah yeah definitely like basically when sony was first giving details out about the psp they showed off the first gameplay trailer of death jr and it basically blew everybody away that you're doing this on a handheld right and, and to see that franchise jump ship to another console or another handheld it's kind of kind of weird <laughs> um some other games that they announced were uh, konami classic series arcade hits which is basically an arcade game collection it's going to have um, 12 plus of their old arcade games. Uh, you'll be able to uh, play them in their original form or play them as kind of a dual screen form. And you'll be able to play uh, wireless with your friends as well, which is kind of neat. Also announced was Lost in Blue 2, which is a sequel to the cult hit Lost in Blue, which is kind of a, a graphical adventure game. Um, this is going to be a sequel. Um, I don't believe it has any of the people that were originally in the first game it's kind of just a, a sequel that is going to be similar but containing other people so it's kind of neat some really great games yeah, it's um, a nice little bunch of announcements there yeah and there's some other games which i don't really know much about uh, a pets game uh basically go pets which brings you together with other virtual pet owners to raise a virtual animal mm. there's been a lot of those on on the uh the ds already yeah um, there's a game called Honeycomb Beat, which is a uh, a puzzle game with a lot of music, similar to, say, kind of like a Luminous. Um, I haven't seen any screenshots or anything. They've just been kind of telling people about it. And a game called Time Ace, which is a uh, aerial shooting game, which uh, seems pretty similar to an old game that Konami actually released in the arcades. So we'll see how that uh, actually works it way out when it does ship sometime in 2007. DS Life. Touchback. All right, and I guess we should jump into our emails. Yeah, we got a we got a bunch of email. I'll start it off, and then you can continue. Cool. Uh, the first one is from Jay Lee, and he writes, "Hey, I thought I'd respond to your comments about Lego Star Wars. Star Wars is definitely a strong IP in and itself, but I wanted to point out that Star Wars is one of my is one of the biggest and most popular franchises amongst Lego collectors. I know people in my Lego chat rooms who oh, pick up the Lego video <laughs> games for themselves and their kids just because as a Lego IP. Wait a second, there's Lego chat yeah, rooms. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he just blew I, I would, my mind right now. <laughs> yeah, I I had no clue. Anyway, we are a seriously obsessed bunch. Really? Especially the <laughs> Really? You're going to chat rooms. Especially, Come on. Especially the Bionicle <laughs> games. And people love the Lego Star Wars, except the DS version. I want to buy that, but knowing the glitches, I have abstained. Are you going to review the Bionicle Heroes game for the DS? 
uh, sure. I, I never thought about that, that title before, but I'll uh, definitely look into it and maybe give it a go, mm-hmm. give it a rent or whatever. And he continues, but Lego star Wars is getting some people into games who otherwise wouldn't. Uh, I think that there's a purpose to putting the two strong IPs together, especially if they are unrelated as it brings a fan base over to the other. And uh, yeah, so he, I guess he's, he's commenting on our, are talking in the last episode about how the Lego star Wars is so flawed, how they shouldn't have put the game out based on when a movie was coming. Right. Out. We weren't saying that Lego and star Wars shouldn't be together. Exactly. I love Lego. I love star Wars Lego. When I used to buy Lego, I used to love the star Wars stuff. We were just more saying that they shouldn't tie the release of a game to the release of a movie. If it's going to cause the game to be crap. Exactly. That's exactly what we were talking about. I mean, Lego, Lego star Wars is the two go. In fact, uh, very well together, and mm-hmm. we we weren't arguing that uh, they shouldn't be together at any point in time. We were more arguing, like Lloyd said, that um, especially with this move. I mean, with like I said, Transformers. I could see them trying to release the game and the the movie at the same time because Transformers really hasn't been in the mindset uh, in, in the of of uh, in the mind share of Americans for quite a while. I mean, mm-hmm. kids watch it still, but it's not as big as it used to be back in the 80s when, you know, probably Lloyd and I would watch it. So to spend, like Lloyd mentioned in the last podcast, to spend the same marketing dollars for the movie and then also spend a couple more for the game instead of spending two totally different budgets for the game and the movie, you know, would make more sense. But mm-hmm. Lego Star Wars in of itself is an ultra strong franchise and really doesn't mm-hmm. need the movie to help it sell the games. Exactly. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. It just goes really good together. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, hopefully we answered your question and we were just trying to let you know. I mean, we, we don't, we believe that Star Wars and Lego go together like chocolate and peanut butter. We do. Yeah. That's our new tagline for the podcast. <laughs> uh, are, are we done with this one? Yeah, let's, awesome. let's move on. This one, I, I actually like this uh, email. Uh, this is from a noob named Rob. Hey guys, I really enjoy noob. noob. <laughs> I really enjoy your podcast. <laughs> it's nice to listen to high quality audio DS show with people that don't ramble. Does he even listen to our podcast at all? I don't think so. I think he just found the website and decided to send us an email <laughs> saying you guys we ramble don't. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but okay, I am one of the non gamer types who discovered the DS. My recent console systems were the NES and the first PlayStation. He's going old school on us. Yeah, he he hasn't had a console for a while. Now, and this kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier. Uh, I was wondering if you would consider doing a show to help us newbies understand the 21st century jargon you use. Um, And then the noob goes on to say, I figured out what carts are, (laughs) but ports, slot one, etc. have me a little confused. Um, Well, We'll try to help him get unpwned in explaining all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. we will depone him in this audio response right, right now. Exactly. Uh, just an idea. Keep up the great work, and I'll, I'll definitely be listening. All right, Rob. Listen here, newbie. Um, Break it down, Edgar. Okay. First, uh, he asks us what car, or he figured out what carts are. Obviously, they were cartridges. Mm-hmm. Ports, yeah. it's usually uh, the translation of one game to another platform. It's yeah. like, it could also be the ports on a console system. It could so also like controller ports. Exactly. But when we say ports, it's usually if you had a PS2 game and you convert it to play on the the DS, for example, it's a port. You're 
you're basically porting it from one to the other. Exactly. The slot one, I could understand him not really knowing what slot one was. Slot one's yeah. a reference to the uh, the slot on your DS. Whereas That's slot right. one, I believe, is the DS cartridge slot. And then, is that right? Or is it the other yeah, way Yeah, slot one is the DS cartridge port. Uh, slot two is the Game Boy Advance port on the exactly. bottom of your DS. So that hopefully we clear that up. We're trying to come up with other uh, jargon. We're trying to think of other jargon that you may or may not be aware of. Um, so we used a little. Exactly. Noob. <laughs> if, mm-hmm. someone, if someone pwns you, you may be a noob. Um, yeah, that's right. A noob is someone who's new to games uh, <laughs> and new to uh, or inexperienced or a novice gamer. Uh, mm-hmm. Being pwned is uh, lead speak for getting owned, which also means uh, that you got worked in the game. Yeah, you got you got beat so bad that they owned you. Yeah. Basically. And you're not supposed to pronounce it pwned, but it's still funny. <laughs> it's it's the, the comedy way to do it. Exactly. Basically, it, it started out as owned. People did the spelling mistake to go pwned. And then people say pwned, even though they're not supposed to. And that is the joke. You're not supposed to. That's why you say That's it. why you say it. Exactly. Uh, next, uh, another word that you may or may not be familiar with uh, is emulation. Emulation mm-hmm. is running uh, a... How would you best explain it? It'd be running a system on a, a different hardware that it normally wouldn't run on. Exactly. Emulation is basically um, running a virtual machine inside of whatever device that you have exactly so if your wii is emulating a snes uh basically your wii is running a program that makes it think that it's a snes so it runs the original code on a virtual system which then that virtual code doesn't (laughs) know that it's not running on a snes it thinks it's running on a snes yeah so that's basically what emulation okay. is. And you blew his mind again by saying SNES. SNES, Super, Super Nintendo Entertainment Nintendo. System. Exactly. That's right. Uh, another quick one, uh, or a couple of them, would be first third-party developers. Uh, first mm-hmm. party is always like Nintendo. Uh, it's, it's a company that is developing software for its own hardware. That's right. Uh, Sega used to be a first-party developer for its Dreamcast and its Saturn and its Genesis. No longer. It's mm-hmm. now a third-party developer that's right um second party developers it gets a little hairy at that point um yeah, it's not, not so used clean, too clean. much no not very much at all no second party is basically when say nintendo pays a company a whole pile of money in dump trucks to develop titles solely for their system right in that generation exactly like i so see rare used to be a second party developer um, but then they were Knights. bought by microsoft yeah. and now they're a first party developer for microsoft yeah, so there, there you go. Um, hopefully we gave you... If you guys could think of other jargon that we've used throughout the podcast that could help Rob out in uh, in finding out the definitions of, let us know and be happy to go over and have little segments, I guess. On uh, is, How about homebrew? Homebrew is a good term. We could talk about homebrew. Homebrew would be, yeah. Homebrew is basically homebrewed um, programs. So it's something that you didn't buy in a store. It's not a commercial work of art. It's something that you've made yourself or someone else made. Um, basically not all systems have homebrew because most systems are locked down in such a way that homebrew cannot exist. The DS does have homebrew though. So you can, you can, if you have the proper development tools and you have the skill, you can write something that will run on the DS. Exactly. Um, and then it's a piece of homebrew. How about region free? What does region free mean, Lloyd? Region free. Uh, that's, uh, basically 
console manufacturers and handheld manufacturers put locks on the system so games can only be played on one version of their of their handheld or console. The DS is region free because it does not have any of those locks put on. So you can buy a game in Japan and play it on your American DS and it's not going to have any problems. Mm -hmm. On the same note, if you buy a Wii game from Japan, it will not play on your American Wii because there's region locking put into play there. Exactly. How about modding or mod chips? Modding or mod chips, uh, basically when you mod a system, you are adding something to it that it didn't come with from the factory. And a mod chip is something that came out in the, uh, I would say, the PlayStation 1 uh, era. Basically, it allows you to play a backup or do something with the console that was not um, otherwise allowed to do. Like for the Xbox One, there was mod chips that allowed it to play, to 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 run homebrew basically. Yeah. So that was a way to get around the, the protection that didn't allow homebrew to run. You would install a mod chip and then homebrew could run on your system. Yeah. Mod chips are mainly for pirated software as, and they, yeah, they're used even people, people say that they aren't, but mainly yeah. that's what probably 90% of the people that buy a mod chip. It's to play a pirated version of a game on their system. So it has a very negative connotation, but um, there is a plus side to mod mod chips and, modifying your uh systems the xbox originally had a mod where they actually changed the cpu and the ram did you ever hear about this yeah i heard about that yeah, for using put more ram uh-huh. hard soldered onto the uh, xbox motherboard yeah basically they would use it for playing back hd material and such like and stuff like that and using it as mm-hmm. a media server so um that would be modification or a mod um and um, uh, lloyd already went over the mod chip so hopefully we cleared up some of the the jargon and hopefully you're not a noob anymore uh, after that, you know, you know what we got to do, Edgar. We got to do a series of these. Uh-huh. Produce them in such a way that they sound like the announcer the, from in from Warrior. Yes, yes, I'm <laughs> right with you. As soon as you said we got to produce them, I know it. I know what we're doing. Yeah, awesome. So you could say the new. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the noob is someone that is new to a particular game. Yeah. They usually get their ass pwned. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That would be perfect. We could produce a whole series of those. Absolutely. And they might be picked up by, I don't know, maybe Nintendo will give us a bunch of money and include them in their games. I don't know. Just saying. I don't we'll, know. We'll, we'll, I'll see if I could pull off the uh, the music and edit it in such a way that I could r- loop <laughs> it. And then we'll, maybe we'll do it. Maybe we'll start doing that as one of the segments. That'd be pretty funny. That would be awesome. That would be That'd awesome. be awesome. So thanks, Rob. That was a great email. And it got us uh, to uh, to basically ramble on, even though we normally don't ramble about uh, <laughs> the jargon that we might use. Exactly. Okay. We have another email from Luke. And Luke writes, hi, guys. I'm Luke Jenkins from Wales in the UK. Hello, Firstly, Luke like- Jenkins. In the UK. Uh, in the UK. Do they have do they have whales in Wales? I've always wanted to know that. I'm not sure, but I was thinking Leroy Jenkins. That's what I was thinking when I saw Luke Jenkins. That that is another piece of techno jargon. Oh yeah. yeah the Leroy Jenkins. Anyway, firstly I'd like to say that the DS wasn't going to do well in my year in school. Many of the people had PSPs and thought that the DS Lite was a load of rubbish. I and a friend were the only people who owned a DS Lite until now. I've converted 15 people in my year from the PSP to the DS Lite, and they wish they had never slagged it to hell. <laughs> wow, that's... I don't know, dude. I'm glad you're reading this one and not me, my friend. <laughs> I have no idea. I think I just got pwned. Uh, <laughs> I just got pwned royally on that letter. <laughs> 
I've also got other people to listen to your podcast to show how amazing it is. I listen to, listen to it each morning as it comes out. Also, I was gutted to hear about the Halo game on DS canceled. I own a 360 and play Halo 2 a lot. This would have brought many more people to the almighty DS. Is there any news about the DS connecting to the Wii or anything to do with them being able to do something together? Luke. <laughs> so he used a bunch of European jargon oh, yeah. uh, slang that I've never heard before. But uh, but thanks for your uh, thanks for your email, Luke. Uh, we don't mean to make fun of it. No. Uh, we were just, uh, having, fun. just having some fun. Having fun. Um, no, I, I don't know of any way to get the DS to connect to the Wii. Um, apparently it's possible because it's done uh, for the Pokemon game on the Japanese Wii. But Nintendo really hasn't released any details to anybody letting you know how that's going to actually work. Very, very tight-lipped Nintendo's been about this topic. And I, the best thing I could tell you is just keep listening to this podcast and we'll let you know as soon as something arrives. Because believe you me, uh, we are looking for any way to be able to hook up our DSS to our Wii. So just keep listening and we will let you know as soon as something comes up. We talked a little bit about it on the last podcast when we mentioned Phoenix Wright. I mean, no, no, excuse mm-hmm. me, not Phoenix Wright, uh, Trauma Center. No. Trauma Center. Yeah. Trauma Center. So we'll see. Awesome. Next. Okay. Well, I'll take this one. I forgot what order we're going in. Guys, <laughs> what the hell? I see. I like this email already. I was born in 1987 and I'm a huge DS guy. Does it mean he's a big guy that has a DS or he has a huge DS or he's maybe, really big? Yeah. Maybe he plays one of those comically large DSs oh, that you see like on the, display in places. Like the big Tom Hanks keyboard? Yes, and big exactly wow i want a d- big ds i want a huge <laughs> yes. ds come on spread the love here gregory i think he actually means that he's a big fan of the ds even though he has like six games so it kind of sounds like he only has six games i guess he's trying to say if there are kids mm-hmm. listening to this podcast born in 1995 then they're spoiled for having an ipod yes Absolutely. I don't know where this mm-hmm. is going, but back in the day, I was happy with my Ninja Turtles. We didn't have all the fancy schmancy tech stuff that's out now. It seemed like it seemed to have gone off topic. Oh, well. <laughs> 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 Love the show, guys. Keep up the great work. Maybe there should be wet naps for Star Fox DS because my hands get sweaty playing that game. I'll wash my hands. Very good, Gregory. Gregory. And I don't know what you're talking about with your Ninja Turtles. I was happy with my block of wood, and that's all the toys I got when I was young. Yeah, so Lloyd lived in Canada, so he all, he just had logs. We just had logs. Yeah. Don't you remember Ren and Stimpy? Yeah. Log, log, it's big as heavy as wood. It's log, log, it's better than bad. Better it's than good. bad. It's good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Oh, what God. was the point of reading that we... email? That he's happy i don't know actually i don't know what i don't know i just liked it no it was great really it was absolutely it. fantastic because it shows uh our lack of uh considering which emails are going into the podcast because we ramble <laughs> and it also shows how uh how ass backwards and how random our podcast is yes we're very random at times see i think we were we were saying that everybody that listens to us was born really late and they wouldn't get that uh take on me reference from the last podcast I was so like, he just went off hell? on a bunch. I of, was born okay. in 1987. All right, so he was just going off on his uh, on little, was, uh, a little, uh, I guess, references of. Yeah, it was a mini rant in disguise, I think. Okay. All right, thanks, Gregory. It was very well disguised. It was, I liked it. That was awesome, Mo. 
I really enjoyed good. that. It was good. All right. Just wanted to throw it in there. So, yeah, that's going to about do it for this episode of the DS Life podcast. Uh, we love to hear from you guys, so please send stuff in. There's many ways that you can get in contact with us. The first is heading on over to our website, dslifepodcast.com. Click on contact at the top of the page and send us an email. Or you can email us directly. Our email address is dslifepodcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail, something that we can play in future episodes of the DS Life Podcast by either calling our voicemail line at 206-326-1221. One more time, ladies and gentlemen, that number is 206-326-1221. Exactly, Edgar. Or you can leave us a voicemail directly on the website by using the my chingo box click on record and if you have a mic hooked up to your pc or mac you can actually leave us a voicemail right on the website yes, you can. and of course as mentioned last podcast we are in the dig podcast directory so please dig us that will rise us up the ranks of podcasters and maybe turn us on to some new listeners that may not have heard of us before. exactly all right i think we're just about done dude we're out of here i, I think we're done i People can hear it. We're definitely done. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, guys. All right. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. DS Life, your DS News source.